Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 129 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and we are so excited to be bringing you part two of our revenue forecasting series here with the practical application. So if you missed episode number 128, feel free to go back and revisit that one. We talk about the core elements of revenue forecasting and kind of give you some good terminology and some good considerations. So in this, as we promised, this is more of like the lab for the lesson that we're providing today. So joining me is partner, CPA, and VCFO, Katina Peters. Welcome. Thank you, Megan. This is exciting. I'm all about the how do we do it parts. <laughs> They're yeah. really fun too, but I'm always, I always listen or go to a class or something and I'm like, okay, got all this. So now what? <laughs> like I need the right. now what part. So I like the right. now what parts. <laughs> yeah. How do I actually do the thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it'll be good. Perfect. So we're starting off with a discussion about actually developing a revenue model. Like how do we actually start going through and doing that? Like we know the theory now, we've listened to all of the elements of how to put it together or what should be considered, I guess, not how to put it together. But now we're talking about the how-to. Right. Yes. So we have the consideration. Now we're pairing it with the how-to part, right? So we know the theory and now we're going to how to get there on the... I was going to say piece of paper, but please use a spreadsheet or something to help you (laughs) (laughs) do that. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) I would not want to do it. Let's not put pen to paper. (laughs) So, but... That's the idea. Okay, so here's what we're going to start with first. First, we're going to look at what is our time horizon for forecasting. So I typically like to have people start with a year. Start with what a year looks like because there's a lot of seasonality. That's a good average. Like 12 months is a good viewpoint. If you're looking at a small window in time, like a quarter you could have lots of differences between first quarter and third quarter, for example. So it, it gives mm-hmm. you a good viewpoint. And obviously, it also folds into more, most reporting requirements, whether you know, you're doing financials or tax returns or whatever. So it's just a good piece of time to be looking at. As we've talked about, generally, your forecast, though you will start with a year, you'll break it down by months, okay? You break it over the 12-month period. And we know that it's still the crystal ball work, right? It's not exacting. It's not going to be ever, ever 100% correct. And it's going to be more accurate right. the closer we are to it than the further we get away. But it's a good place to start so we can get just kind of a full picture of our whole situation for the year. So we want to start with laying that out first, whether you're fiscal year or calendar year, you know, lay it out with the beginning of the year. I usually recommend the beginning of whatever the next upcoming year is. So if you were a calendar year and you've never done this before, I would say, okay, let's take 2024 as our sample year that we're going to grab. And that's where we're going to start. So we, we can build a good model off of it. And then, of course, your fiscal, whatever your first month would be there. So then you want to take a look at your 
relevant revenue streams or segments within the business. So if you have, you know, different lines of business, which most businesses do have different lines of business that they're working in, um, different, if you're like, we have tax, we have accounting, advisory, you know. So for example, on our end of things, if you're construction, you might have commercial, you may have residential, you know, there's different lines of business segments and they're going to act and operate differently and have different drivers. So Mm -hmm. we want to break those down because we're going to set each line item up, right, to have its own drivers behind it. So we're going to do that as kind of our our columns for our months and our rows are now our revenue segments that we're going to have, A, B, C, D, whatever those are. So, and then we're going, as we talked about in the series last time, going to look at history. What have we done? How has it been? What has been our trends? Those kinds of things so that we can start thinking about, okay, usually maybe January and February are our slowest revenue months. So we want to keep that in mind as we're forecasting forward. So we're looking at that and laying it out that way. So we're gathering that together to do some analysis and understand it as we're building it out. And sometimes that can be laid out if if it's pretty cyclical in your business. So like if you're looking at, say we have the last three years, that's usually a good grasp of data to grab a hold of. If it's relatively the same stratification over the last three years, uh, over those months, then we can say like an average percentage might be a good starting point for us to look at. Okay, we are going to try to hit $2 million in revenues this year. So we're going to... Historically, we've done 9.5% in January. So we're going to start with that. We may not end with that because we're going to talk about drivers, but we got to have a starting place right to start from. So we Mm -hmm. can do those kinds of things to get going. So that's what I would start with. Okay, so then we're, again... We're incorporating those growth assumptions. So there are a few ways to do this. So I can't tell you do that this way or do it that way necessarily. <laughs> There's a few ways to go about it. So if we said, okay, we're going to just say we want to grow 15% next year over last year. So that's one way to do it. Other ways we can do it is say, you know, we want to grow certain months a certain percentage. In other months, we don't think we're going to be able to do that. So we're just going to apply that growth only to our strong months, let's say, something along those lines. So there's some options there. It may not be a flatline growth depending on your business, or you can apply it as a flatline growth if if you feel like, yes, each month we have better and worse months, but each month we think it's going to be able to grow by 10%. Then we can do it that way. So we okay. want to look at what our growth assumptions are and think through you know, through those things. And we won't go all the way back through all the theory side of it, but keeping in mind, you know, our current economy, your current industry, how customers are acting, you know, do do we think those are also attainable and realistic gross numbers too? So we also just think through those things that we talked about last time as far as that's concerned. Got it. So I know you mentioned a couple just high level, the forecasting techniques, but I'm sure that we can get a little deeper into those because they're, like you said, there's different ways to go about doing it. So I guess my first question for you is one, is there one that you recommend that's better just across the board or does it really depend on the industry that you're in or how your business is run? You know, it really depends. Forecasting gets very 
specialize to your business. So it really depends on your business. However, (laughs) to not get overly, I guess, just overwhelmed with the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if you've not done this before, you haven't been through this process, you know, I think there's things that you can just start with. And it's, again, it's, this is not exacting. This is, we're going to get better as we go. So Mm -hmm. I would say if you're not sure what, to do. I would go with the overarching, just put the growth rate in that you're going to try to do for the year and just let it apply, you know, as the seasonality says in your business. And I wouldn't, if you're like, I don't know, you know, enough yet to know June is never going to grow or something like that. Maybe we don't know that yet. So I would say don't get too stuck. It's better to put something together and make progress and analyze as you go than to just give up and be like, this is too complicated. Analysis paralysis. Yeah, analysis paralysis (laughs) for sure. So that would be my recommendation. If you're not sure, get your growth rate applied across the year, you know, Mm -hmm. as the normal trending in your business goes month over month and call it good until you get more data as you go forward. Okay. Because I know it can get a little overwhelming as you try to pick apart everything and try to take every nuance into account. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, just go with something, then come back through. That's another thing we'll talk about some fine tuning later. So don't try to make your first run at this perfection. Make it, it, go through it, get something together, take a step away from it, go back through it. So we'll talk about fine tuning here in a minute. But think about like if you're writing a paper, do a rough draft. <laughs> rough <Right>. draft, first, <laughs> then go back through, edit it. And then, right. you know, have a few drafts and then, you know, get to where you're happier with it as you go. But otherwise you'll just get stuck and, you know, not ever move forward with it. You'll just mm-hmm. you know, give up. So you want to just do that. And, you know, you want to get that flow down and, and you're accomplishing those things and then you come back through later. All right. So various techniques on revenue forecasting, obviously going to be tied to your industry going to be tied to your business as far as that goes. But you want to look at each service line and and the underlying drivers underneath it. So if we're a contractor business and we have labor hours that we feel we can attain, we can potentially drive by labor hours or we can drive it by expected customer contracts too. So there's different approaches to what makes sense to your business, for example. So that's the same business with different approaches that they may prefer depending on how you run and structure your business as far as that goes. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to look at number of contracts, what I feel like I can attain with my growth rate in mind, and I'm going to drive it that way. And that's, of course, that's by segment. So if it's this type of contract versus that type of contract, you know, want to break it down that way. Or maybe if you're pushing just on hours, um, if you're like a traditional law firm and you charge hourly for your attorneys and your paralegals and stuff, you're probably going to drive more based on your man hours that you're going into it with and what hires you think you can make throughout the year. And, you know, that's going to, of course, have to fold back into sales at some point too. Is that realistic for sales? Obviously. Mm -hmm. But you can start putting those drivers in that makes sense and fold back into your overall strategic plan. Okay. So... In talking about that, we're talking about drivers, and then we've been talking about percentages and just applying it. So basically, somewhat what we've been talking about is top-down forecasting versus bottom-up or build-up forecasting. So top-down forecasting is just, I'm going to pick a a revenue number, basically. I'm going to see what we did last year. I'm going to put a growth rate on it. I'm going to say that's our new revenue number. That's top-down. 
So we just use that forecast and, and you can do that. And that's where a lot of people start. And that's totally fine to start there. So you can do that. And then you apply your budget expenses to that and your strategy behind that and how you're going to fill in the sales and how you're going to fill in the people, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But there's also this driver's side that I've been talking about here too. So it's I do want to differentiate because that can get a little confusing. It's like, well, I got this driver's and then but I have this other approach. So right. those are two separate approaches. So just to clarify that a little bit, those are two separate approaches. So the the buildup or bottom-up forecasting is your drivers going into driving the revenue number forecast itself, okay? okay? So you're taking your man hours, you're multiplying it by your price per hour, then you're driving, okay, that's the revenue I can hit this month versus I'm going to say I'm going to hit this revenue and then building back into your personnel and your pricing and those kinds of things. So that there's two different ways to go about that generally. So just to kind of clarify that, the simplest methodology typically, especially if you're new at this, is top down. You just assign it, you decide, and then you build up behind it. But ultimately, as you get better at your forecasting, your bottom up build up methods for a lot of things is the better way to go. And then we're talking specifically about revenue. So I'm going to get into the other things right now. But mm-hmm. a lot of times that's the better way to build up because it pulls in your marketing and your strategic mm. plan and makes it all one thing. Right. Well, so, okay. okay. So just to clarify that, but it depends on where you're at with that process. And, and you'll refine that as you go over time and do analysis of things. Okay. All right. So... There are more complicated techniques that we you should be aware of, but I'm not going to dig into reg- like regression analysis, moving averages, statistical approaches, things like that. You know, you can definitely get into that, or if you're getting really um, fancy or or have a really good understanding of those kinds of things. But for this conversation, we're going to keep it a little less technical <laughs> there. But uh, you know, there's those things available as well. So okay. And, and one thing too that is good, and we've talked a little bit about the reality checks, the gut checks, how do you check those things, et cetera. Sometimes doing it both ways is good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it top down because this is what I want. I'm going to do a build up because this is what feels more realistic maybe. And like, how do those compare? Like sometimes mm, that's a no. good, good thing to do too. So looking at, com- at combining those two methodologies can be also helpful to Got do. It. Okay. All right. So into our fine tuning <laughs> section. Okay. So I think it's good. And typically speaking, I, I know we're f- focusing on on revenue forecasting here. You're usually doing this as part of your full budget and revenue or full business forecast that you're putting together. So you'll be doing a few iterations generally of that. We do that even when we're working with our clients in helping them do this process, it's it's never like, oh, we're going to meet for two hours and we're all done. That's <laughs> not right. the way it works. <laughs> so, you know, it's we're going to go through this and here's what our assumptions are and here's what we think first are. Am I going to run through it the first one? And then we're going to go through it again, line item by line item and run through, okay, what do we think? Is this attainable? Is this realistic? Is our assumptions right? Or is there something else we didn't think about? You know, there's yeah. usually, I would say, on average, three to four iterations. It can be more, can can be less. But I would say most of the time, it's three to four iterations, at least, to get to a starting forecast for the next year. And then when we, then as we go through and we're just updating it, you know, it's, you know, we're just kind of doing it as we go, making tweaks to it, things like that. But just so you know, expect that you're going to have several drafts 
of this before you're, you know, reasonably happy. And always keep in mind, it's still not going to be perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Best laid plans. To ex- set the expectation, though, that, you know, you're not just going to go through this and there, you're done and it's all going to line up and you're going to hit everything. And, you know, nope, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're fine tuning it as you go for even your first iteration. So, and stepping away from things, our minds tend to work on things in the background, I've found. So, you know, I step away from things. I'm okay, you know, and I may not even be actively like, oh, I got to think about this. I mean, I definitely go through that process, but sometimes just stepping away and going, oh, I forgot about this mm-hmm. thing that's going to affect this assumption that I didn't build into my forecast. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, so little things will kind of come to mind. So you also want to give yourself some space to just let your mind work on things in the background. And things will kind of almost seems like magically pop up <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> what about this? And what about that? And so it's interesting how the, and I'm not psychologist not, or, you know, a scientist as far as how the subconscious mind works, but it seems to be working on these things. After we're done working on these things, it keeps kind of thinking through some stuff as we go. So it will help with that too. So you can step away, come back to it with those additional thoughts. And then also, of course, carve out some time to just look at each line item, reconsider it, give your brain some space to think about it, and then make improvements as you go and get that fine-tuned there. And then I guess the second component to say fine-tuning it. We've talked about a little bit as well, but that's our feedback loop process, right? Mm -hmm. So we got our forecast for the year. We typically turn that into uh, or adjust it maybe somewhat to turn into our budget for the year as well. So we start with forecast and we may go with maybe a little more conservative budget. So we pull it down a little bit to make it the budget and we lock that in. But then as we go throughout the year, we're comparing our forecasts to actuals or comparing our budget to actuals. We're looking at those things and seeing how reality plays out versus how our assumption played out. And they're always different. And so even if we're really, really fine-tuned, they're still likely going to be different somewhat. (laughs) So we want to go back through and say, okay, here's what we thought. Here's what really happened. Why is it different? And so so we can at least know that maybe there's nothing we want to change. For our forecast, it's just that it happened to be a timing issue. It happened in February instead of January, you know, that and that may be a normal thing that we want to carry forward, or maybe that's just a fluke situation that happened, or a permit got hung somewhere that we weren't expecting, you know. So we decide is that it impactful enough for us to change our assumption, to change our methodology of forecasting for that line item and that segment of business or that month, you know, timing wise. So for going forward, because then we make tweaks to it as we go forward throughout the year so that we can get a more refined forecast as we play, as we let reality play out through the year. So that's another fine tuning that we do. That's more, again, over time and for things that are happening. And we also, of course, want to play out if something changed, uh, you know, if market changed, industry changed, mm-hmm. there's a big disruption somewhere we lost a big contract or big clients, you know, how, how is that impacting our forecast for the rest of the year? And we want to take those things into account as well as we're doing our revenue forecasts to make sure that we're making changes to what we think the reality 
now is going to look like and also making changes to our strategic plan. Okay, we lost this big client. Now what? (laughs) How are we going to fill in that work? What's our plan now, you know, to do that or what have you? So we can address blips in the road from a forecast and financial perspective, as well as from a strategic approach perspective for things too. So it definitely helps. I know we've talked about this before, but in working with my clients on this, owning a business, as we've always talked about, is is stressful. It's stressful business. I was going to say it's repetitive, but it is. <laughs> so, or it can be. So it's one of those things that though, if you have these things in place and you can come in and just tweak and see the impact and see how we're going to resolve the impact in a shorter time period, rather than operating in a vacuum of I don't knows, much less stressful situation there to deal with. So it definitely is super helpful to have this because if you do have blips in the road and they're not always bad blips in the road, they can definitely be good things. Ah, we got this big giant contract we weren't expecting. That's great news now, but we still probably need more people to do it or you know, something's going to change likely in the business to make that happen. So now we need to go back into our buildups and how do we make this happen? What do we need to do? What do we need to tell HR to do? Or maybe it's just, if we're not that big, we don't have HR, what do we need to do? It's et cetera. And, and what's our runway on that? How do we manage manage through this uh, either direction? And it really kind of builds again that strategy for how to approach things as we go. Perfect. All right. And then in addition to, you know, multiple revisions and changing as we go and kind of being dynamic with how that's going to shift, how can we also use a revenue forecast to help with growth in the business? Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a huge planning tool. And we I mean, we've definitely brought that into this conversation and the last one as far as how does it Im- impact our strategy, but it helps us to figure out the steps to growing. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like we need all these components to grow. Like, you know, we need mon- money, we need the customer base, we need the personnel. We need, you know, what are the we needs? Because part of the process that you go through as you get better and work through your forecasting, and I know we meet at least once a month with our clients that we're doing forecasting for to tweak as, you know, the forward tweaking and what's the plan now. And Mm -hmm. we have, you know, bigger meetings on a quarterly and semi-annual basis to make bigger shifts, you know, to the strategy. Mm -hmm. But the big deal is that as you're digging in and understanding your revenue better and what's driving your revenue better and how that works, you know what components of growth you need to plan for. So it folds into your strategic plan. Okay, I want to get to X number of revenues next year, whether that's a growth rate or you know, whatever it is that you've decided, understanding your revenue drivers and understanding the components of your forecast help you to know the tactical or help you to formulate the tactical plan, the roadmap for how to get there. (laughs) So that's a big deal. It's, It's not just winging it. It's not just you know, I mean, some people have done that and done well at it, but but it it's a, it provides you that map of next steps that you have to take to get to that next level. You know, on the sales side, it provides you 
how do we get there? How many customers do we need? How many contracts do we need? How many you know offices do we need? Maybe for dental practice or how many dentists do we need? You know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It gives you that map to know, okay, we got to... And I, I fold... Mar- even in with personnel, I fold marketing in there. As you know, um, we're marketing to attain the right people too, right? We want to we want to attract the right people for our business, for our needs. So that drives our employee acquisition on the marketing right. side. It also drives our customer acquisition on the sales side as well. Um, and so it's it's folding into all of those things and to what our strategy is going forward. So it's a huge tool to take along to because I mean, the growth of the business typically is the revenue growth and the value growth of the business. So that is the growth drivers, right, that we're looking at. But understanding it and picking it apart and spending that time to to do so, then you know what the roadmap needs to look like to get there. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I hope this second part has really helped give you some some to-dos on your list after understanding the theory and understanding the components and then helping build it up in in this episode. Really hope that our listeners are just armed with more knowledge as far as what the process looks like. But is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? I mean, I know you mentioned that it can get a little overwhelming and it's better to start somewhere. So I think that's a good place to start. But is there anything else that you'd like to leave them with as we wrap up our revenue forecasting episodes? Here? Yeah, I think, you know, again, like you said, it's better to start. So I, I would say start. I mean, you know your business. It's it's going to be a little foreign if you've never <laughs> worked through this process. But, um, but, you know, get a little schedule together, start somewhere, you know, work at it, get some help. You know, if you can get some help from your advisors on how to work through this, because it's really, it's really a huge step that we see in a lot of businesses that are trying to scale if they're not doing it, they it's a lot harder road to, to take. So getting it started and working through it in the long run, if you're looking for the long run growth potential of your business is going to be extremely valuable and worthwhile. And it's going to help you get to that next level in the business. So I would say start and work through it and get some help. And that way you can get your business to that next level. Perfect couple reminders before we let you go. The show notes for this episode can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 129. And if you have any questions on any of our episodes, we're always happy to help. We can be reached at info at pjscpas.com. And additionally, we offer a free discovery call. It's a free one hour discovery call. If you're interested in talking to somebody about, you know, what would revenue forecasting look like for my business? Could you help me with this? We are happy to hop on that call and talk through what that would look like for you. So you can book a discovery call on our website at pjscpas.com forward slash contact. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.